colonialism and imperialism in our lifetime, how they've sustained themselves and how to stop them. What is it that makes war, guns, tanks, planes, bombs, and all sorts of destructive devices, practices, and actions so intoxicating and incentivizing to the leadership in North America, Europe, and other capitalist nations? It certainly is a lucrative business, but how so? What do they gain from the bombings, occupations, and invasions other than international disdain, mistrust, and death? Are the leaders of these nations that cause such havoc around the world just simply crazed war criminals, deeply convinced of the necessity for all-out war and violence? Or are they strategic, dissecting, and concentrating forces who are eliminating any and all opposition to their way of rule and exploitation. If it were true that, as we're meant to believe, capitalism is a system wherein prosperity and possibility were available for all, wouldn't war, destruction, colonialism, slavery, and all that come with them be against the foundation of what this system is supposedly about. Are we not told that capitalism and its so-called democracy are for the people, by the people? If that were the case, what people are for more war? Or better yet, what people will be fighting this war? And who will be benefiting and profiting from it? We can make a good guess who's for the war, because they're the ones who make all the money from it. More than this alone, it isn't the children of the wealthy who die in war. It is the poor, the oppressed, the formerly enslaved, who not only die for the imperialists and fight in wars for them under their flags for what pennies they can scrounge from it, but also, and especially, It is the most vulnerable and oppressed who suffer the brunt of that constant war in nations which are invaded, occupied, bombed, and destroyed. We, the exploited, have no interests or benefits to come from these wars, no matter what we are told. Whether it's in Niger, Haiti, Somalia, Ukraine, Palestine, Yemen, or Sudan, There is no war worth fighting in except a war for our liberation, our freedom, and an end to capitalism, colonialism, and imperialism. That is the class war. Not because I say so, it is because reality has shown us that a system known as, or a system known by the names capitalism, capitalism imperialism, neocolonialism, neo-feudalism, or whatever other name this or that group might have given this period of capitalism, it has always been true that capitalism is not a system based on the needs of the people, but on exploitation of the majority of people. It is also true, consequently, that democracy under capitalism is not a system based on the needs of the people, 
but a concrete mystique meant to confuse the masses into submission and to allow for the continuation of practically enforced slavery, colonialism, and genocide. That is the reality that allows for the ruling class to continue to rule as it has, but it will and but it has and will again be shook to its core by the masses of people undyingly struggling for their liberation. What are elections, if not sanctioned coups, which distract, turn away from, and exploit the wants, needs, and popular calls of the masses of people for housing, health care, travel, employment, a living wage, the ability to raise a family, or even sustain their own lives? What are the governments in capitalist America, Britain, France, Belgium, Poland, Austria, Hungary, Romania, Italy, Portugal, and even in places like El Salvador, Haiti, Kenya, Rwanda, or any other colonized nations, but dictatorships of the most violent, dehumanizing, and deathly sort. This is capitalism. This is colonialism. It is control, slavery, imperialism, and death for the majority of citizens so that a few internationally can make trillions of dollars. In the last few years, places like Ukraine, Somalia, Mali, Guinea, Sudan, Afghanistan, Palestine, Yemen, Nepal, and countless other places in the world have been plagued with war, violence, invasion, occupation, coups, counter-coups, military dictatorships, and in some cases have even seen the fruits of fascism and colonialism rearing their ugly heads once again. This is not new, unfortunately, and has been the reality for hundreds of years. It is true that more are becoming wiser to this through the expansion of media, but the response to this reality is not necessarily always more energized, organized, or revolutionary. There are many who are seemingly trying to find ways to benefit from this reality, while the most vulnerable continue to struggle for a new system, a new reality, based on their control and their needs. At the same time, we must recognize that the expansion of this reality into people's consciousness is making many fall into depression, addiction, and suicide, rather than into community, compassion, and struggle. We need to reckon with this and fight for a better response to be had. In Haiti, another occupation is brewing. And who is volunteering to take on that role of occupier? Not the US, not the Europeans primarily, but they are trying ever so heavily to influence more nations to be like Kenya or Rwanda and to take part in the colonialism we have today and be the front men for its administration. The Department of Defense, National Endowment for Democracy, United States Aid for International Development, and other institutions like the Supreme Court and the United Nations continuously try to present a progressive stance as regards colonized and oppressed people. But in reality, 
it seems like they're trying to hand over the reins to Africans, women, indigenous folks, right as shit is hitting the fan hard, almost to blame them for its demise. In Niger, a coup of popular military officials has created a crisis within ECOWAS, the European Union, United Nations, and other international institutions of warfare. The question being, what do we do? In this moment, Burkina Faso and Mali, along with others among the masses, are denouncing the calls for invasion and war against Niger, and some governments are saying an act of war against Niger will be considered an act of war against them, and ECOWAS is caught in the middle. In Afghanistan, the Taliban, created from decades of influence training and arming by the CIA and others, now holds control over 3 to $5 trillion worth of lithium and other resources that, are, that they are looking to trade with countries like China or Russia. In Nicaragua, Venezuela, Cuba, and Bolivia, and other revolutionary countries, coups, regime change efforts, and military overthrows have been stamped out or overcome through popular organizing, conscientizing, constant struggle, demonstration, education, and a spirit of fighting strength that is centered in the masses of the oppressed. I say all of this to say this. The time is coming when a new world will be ever more possible, and the way forward for the masses will not be a new job, a new city, a chance to scrounge some crumbs off of the floor, but it will be through revolutionary struggle intended to finally put the most oppressed in control of the reins of power. It will be a struggle for liberation against all odds, by any means necessary, which the masses in Africa, Asia, the Americas, and elsewhere are already engaged in. Will we be a part of this fight for a better tomorrow? All power to the people.